Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday, April 28th, and Bailey and I are a manila envelope on its way to your ear earbuds <laughs> to announce to you the latest news and uh, episode reactions. And uh, in case you didn't know, that was a reference to Jason Sudeikis serving Olivia Wilde legal papers in the middle of her film presentation at CinemaCon. <laughs> like, what a way to... Like... I feel like this is the equivalent of, not the equivalent, it's like Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. <laughs> not as yeah. bad. Same same execution, different different levels. Different but... for, yeah, different <laughs> levels. The manila envelope is a lot better. Apparently he didn't even know about it, though. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, it's, it's sad that it happened. I think he's probably devastated that his lawyers decided to do this. Yeah. But... Yeah, it happened. So poor Olivia Wilde. Yeah, they Jason Sudeikis, who's a star of Ted Lasso, and Olivia Wilde, who I believe her first film, or at least the first one that I know her from, was from Cowboys and Aliens, and has since taken a turn as a director. Yeah. Yeah, they were dating for a while, and then they were engaged, and then I don't think they ever got married, and they shared two children together, and so I don't know what's going on legally, but in the middle of her CinemaCon presentation for her new film she's making, uh, someone had slid a minimal envelope on stage, and... They were legal papers from Jason Sudeikis, and so I don't know that you know that probably wasn't the plan. It probably could have been handled better, but uh, you know, just as just as she was receiving a Manila envelope of news, we are also here as a Manila envelope <laughs> of news. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's CinemaCon for you, I guess. And speaking of CinemaCon, it continues on through Friday, so we just figure we'll round up all the news. Um, if you want, we'll be tweeting some of the information and news that comes out of CinemaCon that we find interesting. And you can follow us on Twitter there and get any, any live updates. But in the meantime, we're going to hold off on that. And come Monday, we'll have a full review on things that came out during CinemaCon, our thoughts, what we're most excited about. And Bailey, once again, could you describe what CinemaCon is? Because I feel like every time I hear you say it, it makes me more excited for the stuff that's coming out of it. Yeah, so CinemaCon is a uh, time for... Uh, movie studios to present the upcoming movies they have for the next couple years. So, for example, like Disney is, they presented yesterday, Warner Brothers two days ago with a lackluster presentation. Um, and then, like Universal Studios, they also did stuff as well. Um, there's just so much stuff going on. Screenings like last year, or there wasn't one last year, maybe there was. We, we got Ghostbusters Afterlife screened there a while back. Um, there was, uh, this year Top Gun Maverick is screening. So that's really exciting. Um, yeah, don't, don't buy tickets for it because general admission is really expensive. We were just looking up the prices before the show and it's Some like around 14 to $1,300. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty, it'll, it'll rob you of your inheritance. Get, get a night job if you want to go see this. If you want to not spend money on movies for a whole year. And instead, watch fifteen minute previews of movies for a week. 
you could buy tickets to CinemaCon. But um, so yeah, like I said, we'll keep all the news up. We'll tweet out things that we find interesting, and then going forward on Monday, we'll hear we'll have a full review of what was shown and screened at CinemaCon, which includes a lot. So really looking forward to talking about that. And so let's just jump on into the news now. One of the more surprising pieces of news that I found today that we that, you know hit the news stream today was that Justin Lin, who directed Tokyo Drift. Fast Five, um, the Fast Six movies, he is now departing, and, and Fast Nine, he's departing the Fast X film. And I think he tweeted something, you know, saying he was grateful. It was an amicable split. But uh, what more information do we have on this, Bailey? Um, not very much. It, it barely just came out. And so we'll probably have more in the coming days. Justin Lin may make a statement on it, why he left. Um, but the the craziest thing is that it's losing a billion dollars per day till filming resumes. So this, it, depending on how fast they can get a director, this could be the most expensive Fast Furious, Fast and Furious movie, which it probably already is, um, with how many cast members they have. But who who knows what's going to happen with this? Because this is huge. Also, I have a question: Is this like the iPhone ten? Where it's like iPhone X, iPhone 10. Like, yeah, I think this is the same thing. So <laughs> is it Fast X so, or is it Fast 10? Now we we have to ask that question now. Yeah, I think I think it just means it'll have one more camera on the back of it. That's what it means. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and he will remain on the film as a producer. So that's that's good news for him. But And they're anticipating not having to move from their May 19th release date of 2023. So, you know, fingers crossed. Want to see what happens there. But that's just a, a bit of news that came out. Another bit of news is that Shazam! <laughs> Fury of the Gods was delayed. What was the reason they delayed it, Bailey? What did you say? Um, Because, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? Sandberg. I can't remember his first David? name. David Sandberg. He, he told uh, James Cameron, you're welcome. For moving a couple days later, um, <laughs> and our our news doc, our Google doc, I I just said uh, they delayed it five days to give Avatar a chance at the box office because we know Shazam will knock it out of the water, which is all truth. Which is kind of ironic, given the title of Avatar two. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a good it's good for Shazam, I suppose, because now is it, it won't have <laughs> is it I'm. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about the the highest grossing movie of all time in Avatar, and you know, the fact that this is probably one of the most anticipated sequels ever, coming from James Cameron, who kind of has a knack for nailing sequels in Aliens and uh, Ter- Terminator Two, and he's now making a sequel to his own movie. It's just, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of down to watch Avatar, I'm- the second one. I am so excited because I just remember being so appalled at Avatar 1 in theaters. Really? I, I was just like, I was captivated. I was like a 13-year-old boy at the time. And this movie... Oh, you this, you said appalled, by the way. So that's so then you switch, you switch lanes there. <laughs> wait, appalled? Do I even yeah. know what that means? I thought that just means like surprised. <laughs> Maybe I need to get a dictionary now. 
Yeah, appalled, I, I was just, appalled is not a is not a good adjective. Okay. Well, I I was blown away. Take that part out. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was blown away from Avatar. Avatar, the technology that they used, um, it was just phenomenal. It was it was honestly a life changing experience for somebody that loves movies because of yeah. how how it moved technology forward. I think technologically it was great. It was basically just Dances with Wolves or Pocahontas. Yeah, that's honestly the only reason that it was so good was because of the technology. Like, I could care less about the script. (laughs) And the whole hair thing is is still up for debate. The whole what? The whole, uh, their hair conjoining. Oh, yeah, that was weird. Their their bonding, you know, quote unquote. Yeah, maybe Disney will. uh, Maybe Disney will be like, hey, James, you might want to cut that out. Yeah, we got to make this PG. (laughs) We have a theme park after Avatar now. Like, no more weird and alien people are not, sex people, people are not going to be able to get on their ride by hooking their hair into this into their machine. Yeah, no. But I'm excited. And speaking of, Avatar 2 just got named this past at CinemaCon. And so it is now Avatar, the way of the water. And Bailey, when can people expect to see this trailer? So Adam, I have bad news for you. Um, it's going to be premiering during Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I'm going to see this movie, just not I, on the date you will, okay? I know. I know you are. <laughs> but it's it's going to be during In that. In another multiverse, I've already seen this movie. We all have. <laughs> my my other variants have seen it already, and I'm, I'm ready to tap into the multiverse, like everything, everywhere, all at once. Just you have your see. AirPods in, man. Just make, I do. Just make the call. I got to put my shoes on the wrong feet. <laughs> I'll walk into my closet and do a backflip. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the trailer is premiering in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And then a week later, uh, the trailer will be released online for everyone. Yeah. So that, that will be releasing in theaters uh, in September 23rd? Actually, no. Avatar is re-releasing in theaters. Oh, that's what it was. I was like, wait a minute. Shazam and Avatar are not releasing in the no. same month. <laughs> Avatar The Way of the Water is premiering December. In December. Yeah, it's either the week of Christmas or the week before Christmas. And for those who want to catch a refresher on Avatar before the new film comes out, Avatar The Original will be releasing in theaters again on September 23rd for a limited time. So if you didn't have the chance to go see that in the cinema or in a movie theater, take the chance, September 23rd, Go see one of the highest grossing films ever. And make it more highest grossing movie. Yeah, and make it more highest grossing. So that's all the news that we have for today. Our next segment we want to jump into is our discussion of Moon Knight Episode 4. And Bailey, right off the bat, I want to get your initial reaction here. It was so sad. I I don't want to go into spoilers on it because some of our audience may not have seen it yet. But like, the this character is so broken, and it kind of just it made me really sad for Mark and Stephen, and just the things that they went through as a child, the the abuse that they suffered, and how it caused him to have DID, dissociative identity disorder. I it was it was just so it was depressing. Yeah. And the episode I, itself was it was long. 
to me. Like, it felt very long. Like, halfway through, I looked at the time, and I was like, there's still 20 minutes left? This this episode felt really slow to me. Yeah. You know, I feel like, and maybe this is because, so I just rewatched the entire third season of Breaking Bad, or of Better Call Saul, and that whole show is like a character drama. And Saul has his arc throughout the whole season. And I feel like this episode tried to do an entire arc in one episode. And like, I feel like if they'd have sparsed it out over time, you know, I would have appreciated it more. The way it ended, I was kind of frustrated because I feel like it was very abrupt. And I feel like, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't a fan of the ending, but like, I like really quickly. I like all the storytelling that was going on. It was very weird and, you know, hard to break down and think about too much. But like, I just wish that they would have let this story play into it more naturally than feeling like, okay, episode four is the big exposition episode, you know, and the whole history of Mark and Steven. Yeah. I, I feel like for the format they went with, with the, the trope of going back and revisiting memories it fit the narrative, but it feels like this should have been something we've gotten hints of, like maybe the first yeah. three to five minutes of every episode is a flashback of his childhood. And then this one, we get a bigger glimpse of of Mark growing up and the creation of other personalities. And I just spoiled it. Um I apologize. You know, like, <laughs> oh, it's fine. We're going to talk about that here in two or three minutes. But, like, going back, because, again, I just watched Better Call Saul, so it's the only shit that I can reference right now. <laughs> but, like, at the beginning of the season, they do they do things that are, like, a different time. But every episode or so, they have, like, and they have the, the first scene before the credits roll, and then they start the episode. Sometimes is a memory of, of um, Jimmy McGill and his brother Chuck, and it, like, gives you some context into their relationship and the the way these characters kind of become the way that they are and i feel like in moonlight we haven't really gotten you know a whole lot of context we've gotten some like understanding of how they're interacting with one another but in terms of just who they are how they are now like this is the whole, that we've learned that all in this fifth episode and i feel like you were right it was kind of slow i wish they would have spaced it out better over the season and i mean we're all we're all we're all set to go though for episode six CGI finale. Yeah, I honestly I don't know if we're gonna get a huge CGI fest because this show is has not leaned very heavily into the action as I thought it would. I felt like all the previous shows like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki especially, and even WandaVision in some aspects, even though they use more practic- practical effects, I feel like this show has the least amount of CGI fighting than any of the other ones. Which I could be wrong, but I feel like this this show really does feel disjointed from from the MCU as a whole so far. And so uh yeah, but let's see where let's see what episode what where episode five, 6 takes us the finale. Are you excited? Are you nervous? What are you thinking about the finale right now? I'm really nervous for it, honestly. I love Oscar Isaac as an actor. I think he's done phenomenal in these roles. Yeah. And I want to see him continue the role. 
but I get the feeling this is a one-and-done thing, which would be something new and welcome for the MCU, but for fans of the character of Moon Knight, I would, for me personally, I would want to see more of this guy, but I, I get the feeling that we're not going to. Let me ask you a question then. Would you care if Moon Knight were to carry on with a different avatar, or do you feel like it's either Oscar Isaac or they should just not do it? <laughs> I I love Oscar Isaac, like I said. I know there's rumors and theories that Layla is going to become the next Moon Knight. It's heavily implied in the show thus far. It is. And I could see them going that route. It would be very different for the Moon Knight. For Moon Knight's uh, story. But it it'll be hard to see. It would be very interesting because this show could continue on forever through movies it each iteration of moon knight it could be like how they've done how they've portrayed doctor who for example how they've had completely different actors play doctor who um and so yeah it it would be really interesting i feel like this would have to be something that's really I, I, I feel like this is something that has to it has to be deserved. And I don't know how they would do that. But I what what do you think? Do you think that they're going to replace Oscar Isaac? Uh, see, this is just a hard call. I feel like we won't know until we don't we won't know for sure until episode six. I feel like they're setting Layla up to be that. And has Moon Knight ever been, you know, in terms of comic book history, has Moon Knight ever been a female avatar? You know, that's my that's one question that I have. I didn't do much research into that, and it would just be a different superhero. You know, it almost I feel like could almost be an antihero rather than just a strict superhero because Conchu punished people very swiftly and not in a heroic manner. You know, you know Batman for his crazy and as you know psychotic and all these things as he is he he has a limit he's not going to kill people and conscious very much like no you're done son and he moves on to the next one you know so that's one thing the other thing is is that this show has really shown just how good of an actor oscar isaac is because i think even when you're thinking about the the different roles he has to take in one scene is pretty outstanding you know he gets his emotion across really well you he's i feel like at the inception i wasn't a fan of in the first episode i wasn't a fan of the way he portrayed stephen grant and come this episode i feel like i have a this episode was more of kind of what i had hoped he would do but it also just he did it so well you know stephen was really shocked mark was going through things it was just all around, Oscar Isaac had a lot to do, and he did it very well. I feel like this episode changes the way that we are going to watch the first couple episodes now. Because of what we know about what what Steven went through when he became a personality. And I, I think that this is something that's... Uh, it, it changes the perspective on the show. I feel like going back now... I'm going to have a completely different lens, which is probably not so great for the overall theme of the show because of how or the way it's been released is what I mean. 
because it's everybody's going to just watch the first episode one week, then the second, third, fourth. They're not going to go back and watch it unless they're hardcore fans of the show or the Marvel Universe. And so I feel like just because this perspective that was introduced into this episode, it changes the whole entire way we look at the series. But I, I don't think that people really go back and watch this because of it. Which is interesting because, you know, so first off, let's, let's talk about some spoilers really quickly. And then maybe we'll come back to this conversation that I was thinking about in my head. But first off, what do you think about the big reveal? I, or one reveal that I thought was the biggest was that Mark is the original. And through some childhood trauma with his mother and his brother having died, his brother passed away. And he felt very guilty and responsible for that. And his mother placed a large amount of blame on him. And all in order to manage all of the blame... In order to manage that, he created Stephen Grant, this alternate persona. And on the tagline, it says, when danger is near, Stephen Grant has no fear. And so in order to cope with that fear and that guilt you know, that his mother shoveled onto him, he invented the Stephen Grant persona. So how did you feel about that? Um, like I said earlier, it's really heartbreaking for both of the characters because like Stephen Grant is the personified version of innocence and it, it just makes like he's talking to his mom on the phone in the first couple episodes talking about how he's interested in this girl that he's dating and mark is just kind of like he's trying to protect him he's almost like he, he's become his little brother because mark is trying to protect steven from experiencing the the trauma that that he's used to facing. I don't know. It, it was it was really sad. I don't know how else to explain it besides this episode was just really depressing and broke my heart. And I think it was also super sad because I think for the first time he gets to see that Steven, you know, realizes that he is an invention of Mark's mind. And Steven has a very different memory of his childhood than Mark does. And even currently, he has a very different relationship with his family than Mark does, chiefly because Mark knows that his mother has passed away, but Stephen is unaware of that. I have a question about the the big surprise at the very end. We know that Stephen uh, fell off off ship and turned to sand. Uh, what what are your thoughts on this? Like, what do you think it does for the character, or what they're going to do with it? I don't know because if you really think about it, when he gets to the uh, uh, when he gets to when he gets back to his body, he'll still. I feel like he would still logically, he would still have those thoughts and that tendency. You know, his mind has made this person up, but if in the show the way it's presented that he invented this person, this person became real to him, and he fell off the ship and he turned to sand, then. Te- technically that person that heart is gone because you know Tararet pulls out a heart from each of them and they don't balance and so i don't know and the whole yeah and the whole interview process with, with arthur harrow and hawk's character was also crazy and weird i have no idea what his purpose was or if, again that was just another machination of the afterlife it was it was a trip 
But I, I, I hope that he, it would be a big, not a big thing. I feel like if they really did do him in for good, that would be like kind of surprising to me. Cause I feel like Marvel doesn't do that to people, even Loki, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like he's gone. I feel like Stephen Grant is gone now, which is it maybe the reason why it's one episode or one season and maybe why Oscar Isaac isn't going to continue in the series because he's been very clear in interviews that he's not wanting to be part of a franchise. Yeah. And so it makes me so sad because I was so excited to have him in the MCU, especially as a character like Moon Knight, because he gets to show how talented of of an actor he is. And it's just, I wish we got more of him. But at least he's not Apocalypse from X-Men. Oh, geez. Was he Apocalypse in X-Men? Yes, he was. <laughs> I didn't even see that one, so it goes right over my head. Yep, you don't need to. <laughs> yeah, but so, yeah, I'm really hoping. Another question I have for you, do you think they're going to introduce a third personality, or do you think it's just... Do you think that's it? Do you think that one was very heavily teased, but the showrunners probably thought, you know what, maybe we don't need to do that one right now. If they were to introduce, here's the thing, now that I'm thinking about it, if they did introduce the third personality in the series finale, why introduce that character if they're going to stop the show? So I think that he'll still show up. He may... after this conversation now, I'm thinking he's here to stay. <laughs> because Who, we, Oscar Isaac? Yeah, because we haven't even been introduced <laughs> to this last character. And, like, and there is someone else in that body because they've both gone black and don't realize what happened. Yeah, and there, there has to be a reason they're saving it for the last episode. Maybe Jake Lockley's going to come in with his mustache and just start killing all the gods and... He'll become uh, Christian Bale, Gore the God Butcher. This is his <laughs> origin story. No. So here's my other question that I have for you. Because I feel like Marvel is, or Disney in these shows, they're clarifying that they're limited series, you know? Um, yeah. Or at least that's how they play out. For example, you know, they're they're about an hour long. We get about six episodes. I don't feel like that's a whole season because, you know, I feel like even even in 10 episode seasons or in an, in an hour long episode of shows, they can be at least 10 to 12 episodes. And I feel like with this one, you know, we're getting six episodes. What's the most episodes we've gotten out of a Marvel series? Have they all been six? No, WandaVision and uh, What If were both, I think, nine to 12 episodes, maybe. So... So my question is, do you feel like this series would be better served as A, the series that it is now, the limited series, about six episodes, B, a season of a show, or C, a full-fledged movie? A movie wouldn't do it justice. Well, I mean, it could, depending on how they tackle it, which Marvel is is good. They've, they've proven themselves effective storytellers in movies the shows they've kind of been a little lackluster on um with the exception of a couple hits like wandavision maybe 
that one is still one of the better ones, but Loki for sure. Moon Knight is in the top three, but that's just because What If and Falcon and the Winter Soldier aren't good. <laughs> I was going to say top three in a list of five. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, like out of all, all I, I think that it would have served better as a full-fledged season. But I do think that it should have still been a limited series. I've I've been thinking about this a lot because the hour long, like the 45 to 60 minute range for these episodes has been really good and effective. But I feel like the way Marvel has done it is they set so much up in the first five episodes that the last episode feels so rushed for yeah. how much we get and i don't feel like it pays off that well unlike loki loki it did because like which i will say i think the the finale to loki the season finale is probably the best finale of any show because i I feel like you know we can say what i don't think that was a big cgi finale like the setting conversation was it was was a conversation conversation. you expect him to go in and like have this full on breakdown, but it was Jonathan Majors talking with Loki and, and um his variant for the whole episode. And it was I thought it was great. And like this one, I feel like you're right. They have set up so much. Questions that we still have to be answered. How will Layla take the news of his dad her of her dad and Mark? What really happened to Stephen Grant? Are we going to meet a third personality? Is that going to get figured out? We still have to wrap up Arthur Harrow. What Is about the other Khonshu gods? Is going to come back? Exactly. What about the other gods? What about Concho? Are we going to release him? We have, we have so much ground to cover in the next hour of a show that for me it's going to feel ultimately like they got to they got to episode five and thought, oh shoot, we still have to do all of this. So my prediction is that next week we're going to be rushing through and you know hopefully they balance it all good. And even then, we still have to balance, like, you know, what else happened to Steve? But how does Mark, how's Mark going to process that, you know? And I feel like these are things that, in the hands of, like, a lot of showrunners or even movie makers, you know, it, like, those are things that might take time and might not even be resolved by the end. So unless we know that there's going to be a season two or, or a movie. Or a movie, yeah. So those are, that's what I'm thinking. You know, I feel like, we have a lot to cover, and we only have one more episode. You know, I was really hoping that this show would have been a really good mix of Indiana Jones and James Bond. And I feel like it's not at all. We had one Indiana Jones-ish episode. Yeah, and we then... had. And then a little bit of tease of Jason Bourne. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. So, going to the finale... I'm hoping they they can wrap it up well. I think no matter what, Oscar Isaac's going to kill it. I really like Layla. You know, she's doing a great job. Ethan Hawke, when he's doing whatever he's doing, is super committed and super fun. Whether that be him being who knows what kind of psychiatrist in this made-up afterlife asylum. Or, you know, this menacing bad guy that walks on glass, you know. I feel like Arthur Haw- Ethan Hawke is doing great as well as Arthur Harrow. So, fingers crossed for the finale. What do you think? Do you think we're going to get any big reveals? Is there anything that you think is going to happen next week? We're we're going to get reveals. That's how every Marvel show goes. And um, it was Mephisto all along. Yeah, 
Moon Knight will return. <laughs> I can. I bet you that we the last screen of this will be Moon Knight will return, and I don't know when or where, but we will see him again. Yeah, because you know we'll see. The big news going into the show was that his contract only ran through for one season, and we'll see. We'll see how he does, but. Looking forward to Moon Knight Episode 6, the finale. Uh, if you haven't had the chance to go watch Moon Knight Episode 5, it's on Disney Plus now. Um, is there anything else, any final thoughts on the episode you wanted to get across? No, I'm just excited to see Doctor Strange next week. Oh my goodness, same. <laughs> so that should do it for our episode today. If you have any comments or any ideas, any feedback for us, please feel free to reach out to us. You can message us on our socials. Our Instagram is abcinema.pod. On Twitter, we are AB Cinema Podcast. Our letterbox is AB Cinema. And on Gmail, we are abcinema.pod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at AB Cinema. So please email us, send us a message, do whatever you can. We'd love to hear from you guys and love to hear your feedback and your thoughts, maybe even your theories about Moon Knight, other shows, and things that you're interested in. Let us know what we're covering and what you would like to hear us cover and talk about. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, we hope everybody has a wonderful day. Be sure to go check out a movie this weekend. Make sure to watch Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness that comes out next week. And if you're like me, be sure to watch uh, Barry on Sunday and Atlanta comes out on Friday as well. And uh, I think that should do it for us here. But again, we hope everybody... Also, watch... Don't say Halo. Watch Downton Abbey. Go check Be it sure out. To check out Down Abbey so you get uh, <laughs> so you know what's going on by the time the new movie comes out. But uh, we hope everybody has a good day, and uh, remember as always, keep watching movies. <laughs>